Yo, yo. What up? What up? Yo. What up? What up? Hey. Hey, welcome. Welcome to Benny's crib. What up? Oh, uh, yeah, just leave your shoes over there. It's cool. Yeah, thanks. Does that sound cool? Yo. Yo, what up? Welcome to Benny's crib. Tremendous. I'm glad we're all healthy. I'm glad we're all we're all, we're all here because it's a, an exciting night. It's a Tuesday as we're recording this. It's a mid to late October fall evening here at Benny's crib, and uh, we have a special guest on this episode 105. We're here tonight to talk with a Portland artist, painter, muralist, and more, graffiti artist, and more. Currently celebrating their first ever solo exhibition. In Portland, yeah. In Portland. Yeah. Titled Second Season. That's correct. The showcase is currently up at Notch 8 Gallery until November 12th. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A major name out here. In my opinion, like, this is kind of why I wanted to get you here myself. Like, I know you got tons of accolades and shit, but (laughs) a major name in the graffiti world. Shout out to Pillars of Hip Hop. Mm-hmm. Ryan Adams, how are you? Oh, thank you so much. It's a wonderful introduction. Doing well. Doing well. How about yourself? Doing all right? No complaints. Yeah, yeah very yeah. Uh, focused on just being present and what that means, you know? Not just yeah. saying I'm present, like, oh, I'm present. Like, no, like, actually, like, how am I feeling? How am I thinking? It's harder to do than, than one would think. These but yeah. Either, man. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> These sure. These phones get in the way oh, a lot. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, just thanks, thanks for being here. You, you um, mentioned you've seen some interviews so i imagine you might guess what the first question might be but i have somewhat of an idea but i'm gonna let you go ahead and fire that off i don't think i know what's coming (laughs) i'm gonna throw it at you yeah what is your first memory of hip-hop i was ready for this um so it's wild because i was i was honestly like trying to dig up this tape and figure out which one it was but my mom was not like, I mean, she wasn't like wild young, but she was like 24 when she had me. So when I was like seven, six, seven years old, she was still very much like into what was cool and hip and all that stuff around that time. And she had, she used to get like tapes. I mean, it was back in the cassette tape days. And it was back when they would have those tapes that were just like rap. You know what I mean? Like before it was like, before it was like actually like a genre that the music industry invested in. And there was this tape that had, I remember two of the songs. There was a Kid and Play song on there, and there was Cool Modi, Wild Wild West. Shout out Cool Modi. Yo, for real. And, like, that was the moment I remember when I was like, what is this? This is is awesome. You know, like, just so perplexed because it was unlike anything I had ever heard up until that point. Mm. So that is my earliest memory, which was a very long time ago. (laughs) Yeah, let's keep it in that realm, I guess, of the... uh early life yeah you're from portland correct that's correct born and raised born yeah. and raised yeah what's your age i am 37 years 37 old. nice yeah i'm 28 so you got a solid almost decade over me a little ways little but ways. again yeah. time don't fucking really i feel like the most time really matters to me is when i'm like really young and it's still like so fresh year to year i'm in that like mold of like mid to late 20s to like you know like knowing a lot of 30 year olds in my life now and like Mm -hmm. it's all the same shit man you get to a certain point i feel like there's a lot of like development that happens in that like age 10 to like 30 essentially there's so much that happens 
and then you kind of settle into who you are as a person, I feel. I mean, I don't know. Everybody's experience is probably different, but that's what happened with me. And then it was like kind of once you got to the kind of like adulting stride, it was like, okay, this is not as much change every year, kind of a little more consistent. But mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So what is that? 85 84 84. yeah and 84 talk about growing up uh in portland in as a kid like and you know probably when your memories start like in the late 80s but even like in the 90s like what was it like growing up here man yeah i mean overall i would say you know portland was a very safe and good place to grow up i mean i've talked to you know friends of mine that grew up in like major cities and they had to deal with a lot more stuff than we did but to be, I mean, just uh, the reality of it was was that this place, I mean, even still now is like one of the whitest states. I think in it, the, I, I think it, it is the whitest. Is it? I think so. Oh, I didn't know. I, mean, I know it was like us in Vermont, like like <laughs> like jockeying yeah, for positions for like us, years. Yeah. Any given but, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, it was. I want to say it was like I remember like looking back at it like during the early '90s. Uh, one of the years it was like 98 point something percent white people in the entire state. So like being a a black man in a black family in Portland definitely and I mean Portland wasn't as shiny as it is today too I mean it was it was much more like blue collar and I mean it was it, it was you know it had its challenges you know it was definitely um I was made aware of my race and my otherness at like in kindergarten like so it was like immediate and I mean, yeah, navigating that all growing up was not that much fun. But overall, family life was great. My mom did a great job. My dad did a great job. Like, I was fortunate enough to have, like, family close by. And the same group of um, me and my friends that have known each other since we were in, like, third grade. And, like, we still talk, like, damn near daily. So Mm. a lot of pluses, but it was definitely a lot to maneuver, um, kind of on the the racial side of things for yeah. sure were there a lot of black families in town like i imagine it probably wasn't at the time. yeah like we all like pretty much knew each other <laughs> like um i want to say i could have counted them all on on one hand at one point i think um in portland at least there were not many of us at all so mm. yeah, yeah yeah well i just appreciate you saying that i, I want people to be truthful and honest about you know their answers here on this podcast this mm. is a space where it's like that and you know even if people want to view Portland as like this shiny gem of open-mindedness on the East Coast, it's still in Maine. And I think, you know, even just you saying those things shows in the past 30 years, like, there might be some things that have gotten better, but we're still in Maine, man. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, not to go into something too wild too fast, but like, even in Portland, we're in a, we're in a bubble here because, you know, like it's, and even Southern Maine, I would say, but especially Portland, like we're in a bubble. And you go anywhere northwest into this state, like, it gets different. I'm like, it it happens quickly. Yeah. So Within, like, 40 minutes, you could be, like, it feels like you're in, like, fucking mobile Alabama. I was going to say, I always tell people that. Like, the more north you go in Maine, the more, the more south you feel like you're traveling in the country. Like, it's extremely rural. Like, a lot of these places, you know, unfortunately are, are very poor areas. Lack of resources, lack of education. And it's just, like... It, it, you run into some shit. I mean, I just, within the last, I mean, I just worked on a project about a year and some change ago um, where it was, we really had to deal with some stuff. Like, and we're painting a mural. And we're working with, like, kids in the community and we still had, like, some serious harassment issues where, you know, I had to 
like leave for a little bit and have to come back and it's hope the team up. would do it. Yeah, it was it was rough, dude. Like so that that shit is still very prevalent, unfortunately. Mm. Mm. Well, I appreciate you uh, vocalizing those things. Yeah, you know? yeah. Let's keep it, I guess, in the youth. Maybe, maybe you know, I don't know more lighthearted sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> who, who knows? Um, <laughs> yeah. What were your hobbies as a youth? Like, what did you have fun doing as a, as a youngin? Yeah. So, oh my gosh, like. I'd say probably around, it was around third grade where, third or fourth grade, I had an after-school teacher that gave me... I don't want to stop, but I got some, like, Nardwar energy, like, thrown out at you. Oh, And I was okay, going to okay. say, was there an important book of subway art... Yes. <laughs> ...you discovered early on from an after-school teacher? After-school teacher, yeah, yeah. So, um, her name was Erin, and she's still a phenomenal printmaker. Um, I don't know if she's in town anymore, but she was living here i think she came from like atlantic city or something like that and she was an after school teacher um and she kind of noticed that i was like a little hip-hop kid like she was like well this kid like how does he know who Nas is you know what i mean like how does he know because i had cousins that i would go visit and they would like let me listen to their tapes and, and this is like, like oh. the height of illmatic i'm imagining oh yeah or, yeah or, yeah like, this is definitely era. yeah because i think this might have even been yeah, because live at the barbecue. The that was yeah, because this was like ninety three, maybe. Yeah, Illmatic's Illmatic came out the same week I came out. Oh really? April I came out April twenty fifth, I think, and I think Illmatic came out the nineteenth. I think. Wow, and that 94. was ninety four. Yeah, because I was gonna say ninety four was like that year, right? For like yeah, okay. So this might have been like still sort of mixtape ish. I don't know, but I remember she was like, "Yo, like you you're into this stuff. Like that's cool." And I'm like, "Yeah." And she gave me, like, a couple mixtapes that had just awesome stuff on it. That was the first time I had heard Old Dirties. Uh, did, like, did she make them? Like, Yeah, she, like, made the mixtape and, like, wrote the list so, like, I would know who was who. It, like, just blessed me, dude. But, like, she she gave me a couple of those. And then she uh, she had a copy of, like, Subway Art. And she was like, check this out. And I was just like, what? Now, I was already familiar with, like, Source magazines because that was pretty much the only thing you could get up here. Really? So I had already seen the back where it was, like, the, um, oh, what did they call it? It was, um, it was, like, the graffiti section. I can't remember what they used to call it. Um, I'm not sure, to be uh, honest. Yeah. I was I, a little I, late like, for the Source. Yeah, it'll come up, I know, as soon as I, like, close the door here. I'll be like, that's the name of it. But um, I was already kind of familiar with that. So I was, like, I had seen, like, pieces before. But this book was just, like what like this is wild like these kids did this on trains like illegally like <laughs> with spray paint like it was just i was bugged out mm. and since then i mean when i got that book i just copied like so many of the pieces in that book i would just redraw them redraw them mm. redraw them and that is what kind of got me into the world of like graffiti and i would like seek it out like, I remember I, once I got a little bit older, I was able to leave the house. I would try to go to places where I could find it. There was there was definitely graffiti writers here in Portland, Maine, like, in the early 90s. Like, mm. I remember seeing pieces by Byrne and Rich and Case that were, like, just even to this day, Rich. like, stand out. Rich HBTK, yeah. Uh, I was like, thinking, um, fuck, I'm forgetting their first name. Fucking legend out here, man. That's you're probably thinking of the same Mike person. Rich? Mike Rich, yeah, yeah, yeah. For real, for real? yo, Mike Rich, allegedly, yeah, exactly. Mike Rich, allegedly, like that's that's like my OG right there. Like that dude has done so much for 
like style writing and graffiti in this state it's wild how like i can't over like i can't say enough like the guy is just and yeah he was painting i think he showed me pieces that he painted in like 89 in portland like 88 89 yeah he he painted it in 89 yeah i mean for everyone listening i was born in 94 so just painted yeah (laughs) i'm even alive i just think that yeah yeah so these these dudes were doing it and they were and it, it was impressive and um even to like today's standards i think back on some there's some pieces that are like burned in my mind that just like i was like this is what i want and that's so visceral i imagine because like i mean for instance wild style's right there you're barely that's what 89's five years after wild style like yeah oh i I didn't get that to later yeah yeah yeah. yeah. well um just in the same era though of like you, you see graffiti now and like we all you know you drive through maine even rural maine you'll see some fucking tags underneath the old railroad bridge mm-hmm. but there was a time where this wasn't commonplace where it wasn't just part of like national even like rural culture and i think to for you to be so ref, like fresh in that must have been incredible it was wild dude like because you were discovering this like not only this style of art but this world you know what i mean it was like it was just I, I and it wasn't it was this is pre-internet so like you can't just google it and find it out you had to go outside and find it and then when you found it you still had a thousand questions because you're like who did this how did they pull it off is this okay am i gonna get like rolled on up here like there is just and i think with that being the case i'm still kind of that way with the internet it helps just to research stuff but like mm. if i find something i kind of latch on to certain things and i like have to know as much as i can and that was like the first thing i think in my life that yeah yeah let's keep it flowing then a little bit in that time period so i imagine ma dukes doesn't want you running around getting caught with uh paint cans in your hands um so (laughs) you maybe like spray painting on cheap pieces of plywood in the backyard yeah 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 yeah. she was really cool about that she get like uh she got me like a full sheet of plywood and she was like yeah you can practice out here and Hell yeah. even at one point, like, my grandfather, like, got me a a box of, like, these dollar cans. He, like, found it, like, some yard sale nice, or something nice. and was like, oh, here, here. And then, like, so they were supportive, kind of. You know, they were like, this is something you're clearly very much into. Like, just, you know, don't, don't get yourself in trouble doing it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, at that same time, though. I was breakdancing with friends, and I had uh, turntables uh, at the house, and I would also go over to my friend's house, who was, was DJing as well. Did you beatbox at all, too? No, 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 just <laughs> DJing, breaking, and graffiti that's writing. A, that's three of the p- pillars, man. Three, yeah, three. I, I knew my limits, though, dude. I wasn't trying you to never, rap. You never had a couple 40s and started rapping like Oh, I mean, isn't that like a rite of passage? <laughs> exactly. like, doesn't doesn't sure, everybody yeah. have those? Everybody's got to put a 16 Everybody has those, but that is where I realized my limit. <laughs> so I was like, oh, no, that's, yeah. that's not me. Fair point, fair point. <laughs> yeah. um, yep. There was one other question I like to ask about artistry and creation sure usually i ask um musical guests if there is a you know family member or anybody who was musician in the family did you have maybe like a uncle charles maybe who was an artist yeah yeah you are on some nardwar <laughs> yeah yeah my uncle charles was a uh, very well-known oil painter uh in the virgin islands and his paintings are just beautiful like they were just phenomenal at my grandmother's house my dad's one of nine, so I got, like, 
millions of cousins. Like, <laughs> it was like the family reunion where it was like, who's that? Like, oh, that's your cousin so-and-so or so-and-so. Like, it was like that kind of family. But my grandmother's house was pretty large because she had it from when the, uh, her family was young. Where did she live? Uh, Springfield, Mass. God. Yep. So pretty far from, yeah. Yeah, so not, I mean, it's... I mean, yeah, far it's, for it's a day there. drive, but not far for, like, you know... Yeah, like, yeah, yeah definitely far for a day drive. Damn, those, those rides were long, Dude, but... So long. Yeah, <laughs> like, we used to, um, like, there would be, you know, family events, holidays, things like that, and so there'd be, like, this house full of, like, cousins and family, and that's where I got, like, my, my introduction to Wu-Tang, and, you know, that just so many things from my cousins, but there was this one massive painting. I want to say it was probably like maybe six feet tall by maybe five feet wide of my great grandmother that my grandmother had from my uncle Charles in her living room. And I would just like stare at it because I mean, these were like beautiful, like just realistic oil paintings. So I would just look at like the blends and like how they just, how he worked with light and, and shadows and just color and the way it would sit on that and i would just like stare at it you know and just be like how does somebody paint like that and at that scale it looks like a person is in front of you so it's just like especially if you're a little kid man oh yeah it was wild it was wild and i mean yeah that was there's a lot of creative people on my dad's side of the family so it was it was yeah they it was like good to be in that company you know oh yeah hell yeah and then after them came you. Yeah, 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 exactly. Let's yeah, keep the yeah. story of young Ryan Adams. <laughs> I'm refraining from making... Is that motherfucker Canadian Twigs, the singer? I think so. Yeah. I'm, I'm making... I'm not even going to say that, 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 <laughs> that name. I'm going to not make any jokes because I imagine you get that a lot. Yeah, I did until he got in a bunch of trouble. Like, apparently, he oh, got, like, he, he did got, some dirt. Dude. Hey, yo, like, well. Yeah, he did some we dirt, and, like, and then, then it kind of, like, slowed down. <laughs> but I saw somebody with, like, a Ryan Adams sucks t-shirt one time, oh, and I remember God. being like, that's that's a funny coincidence. You what, know? If, <laughs> like, what if it was about you? I mean, then they probably, probably would have got a different response. <laughs> they were like, well, and I'm like, that's actually my name. And they were like, well. You got beef, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the fuck's up with that <laughs> shirt? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, we have fun. Well, after graduating high school and I think developing a love for art, it sounds like you ended up down in Boston, I believe. I did. Emanuel College, That's correct? correct. I've actually gotten... Not in trouble, but I've done some dumb shit, dumb shit on that campus before. Oh, it happens down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Did you go to school in Boston? Or? Kind of. I went to yeah. school in the North Shore. Yeah, okay. I kind of went to, honestly, like the Emanuel College of the North Shore. It's called Endicott College. Yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very like, um, I went there and I'm like, oh, this is on the woods. It's, I mean, it's in the woods, it's on the ocean, it's near Boston. Like, there's a visual arts b- building. This seems like pretty like cool and like mm-hmm. open-minded. And then I went and I'm like, low-key, like, anyone who uh, everyone's going to Endicott, like if you cool with like preppy, kind of like East Coast, like boarding school type vibes, that's your vibe. If Oof. you're looking for like kind of preppy shit, that's your vibe. You're looking for like open-minded, predominantly like cool kids. Yeah. It wasn't like that. So it was more, mostly my yeah. homies and I ducking off to the woods and smoking dope. Yep. Um, <laughs> and, and I definitely have made a... Uh, some trips down to um <laughs> to Emmanuel and um uh, been, been amazed like I'll just be walking to you know like past some cumbies or something and then you know like you're in the fucking Fenway district and yeah. all of a sudden you look down and you're like on oh, like this college like quad and you're like what the fuck is yeah. this and then you're like oh and then two seconds later like you're at Wheelock or Simmons or something they're all like, like stacked on like, top of each this? other yeah so shout out and that place is mad religious too right 
It was. Yeah, it was. When I got there, it was like, I think I want to say two years after going co-ed. Um, so it was an oh, all-girls school. It used yeah. To be, oh. Yep, yep. Up until like the early 2000s. Is it Simmons? All it is. Yeah. Yep, yep. So it's, yeah, and right next door to each other. Um, but yeah, that's where I ended up. I ended up down there and yeah, it was, it was, it was an interesting run down yeah, there. You can't, you can't really encapsulate, I think, a collegiate experience in a a soliloquy or a statement, but I really wanted to ask this question about college for you. What made you want to study psychology? Yeah, yeah. So I was, um, that's a very good question. Um, it was, it was un- unfortunate that I think uh, my, my attention and my skill set was definitely toward the visual arts, but that, that wasn't really seen as like, uh, viable career option it was more kind of viewed as you know this is what you do on the side when i was like you know kind of getting ready for college and talking to you know the college prep folks and all that stuff so it it didn't really feel like an actual option so i was like at first it was it was kind of a it was kind of between two things so um i I was kind of like okay either i'm gonna go poli sci and you know pursue like law which, like, I have an uncle who's a lawyer who I spent a lot of time around growing up, and I really liked kind of the uh, the research and the debate side of that stuff. I would watch him and just kind of see that whole, like, essentially, like, chess that he would play with, you know, figuring out cases and things. So I was like, this is awesome. Mm. And then I, I had, in, in one of my chemistry classes, we did, like, a short neuroscience uh, section, and it just completely captivated me and like just kind of brain chemistry and figuring out how the brain works. Um, so I was like, I'm going to lean into this and, and try that out. So yeah, that's what I went for clinical psych. Um, I still loved my neuro classes. Those are, those are awesome. Um, but I was taking like art electives mm. and I was in like one of the studio classes and I didn't even know this lady was the head of the art department, but she comes in and she's like, Oh, Hey, I'm so-and-so. And I'm like, uh, how you doing? She's like, what's your major? And I was like, um, clinical psych major. And she's like, well, do you have a minor? And I'm like, mm-mm. And she was like, you need to come see me after class. And I was like, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> that's probably high. So I was like, you know, it's like, okay, like whatever. And I went in there and she's like, I've looked at, like, I, you know, I've seen what you've been doing. Like, you need to, you need to either switch or pick up a minor. And I was like, well, I don't think I can switch. Like, that sounds like a lot of wasted time so like, like at that point because i think it was like my sophomore year or something so i was like let me just i'll pick up a minor so i did that and i was able to take a lot more like kind of design and studio classes that were awesome nice and that yeah and outside of outside of the actual classroom i was getting my graffiti education outside, so it was that's like, a good city to be tagging up allegedly allegedly yeah no in those days it was like i got there right before the the crackdown they had a really bad crackdown where like a lot of people got in a lot of trouble and really they, yeah they were like raiding people and it was like raiding cases. graffiti artists oh yeah Whoa. yeah they would like build cases they were following people for like months on end and, and this is even like really before like the massive i mean everyone's like big brother everyone's like patriot act like that's like holy shit the patriot act's 20 years ago i was like, gonna say I it think, was like during that time I, I, yeah I, I, I <laughs> yeah like the, sur- the surveillance state like this is what everyone's worried about like getting fucking microchips like you have a microchip yeah. on you at all times be yeah. like we are in the surveillance state i mean i'm talking in the 
two cameras, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, <laughs> but no, even there. back then, like, I'm thinking, like, it's not, like, super, like, super, like, easy to follow people back then. Like, it is no. now. Yeah, they had to, like, use city resources to do it. I mean, Using it was... Using tax dollars to catch graffiti oh, artists? 100%. You dude. fucking serious? They had oh. a vandal squad that was, like, made up... The two people that headed it were just, oh, like... Oh, my God the worst yeah dude. fuck 12 from yeah, yeah they, they were the worst but yeah there was a so i got i was there right before that happened so right around the time i was leaving it started happening and things were getting like hot for people and uh yeah yeah no that's damn well, yeah. let's get into a i think another interesting segue mm-hmm. how'd you fuck up your leg <laughs> Yo! Wow! <laughs> that is. Uh, I I didn't expect that coming. Yo! I demolished my leg. Let's, <laughs> like, let's talk on it. Yo! It was the dumbest. I wish I had a good story for it, but it was a bunch of us just drinking, wilding out, just having like one of those like hangouts. It was just a bunch of us in one of my friends' backyards and. Is this Mission Hill? No, it wasn't Mission Hill, but a lot of it, a lot of the hangouts did happen on Mission Hill for sure. I lived on Mission Hill for a little bit too. Was, that was, yeah, that was the spot. But this is a little outside of town, and it was like two tiers of people. So like, it was like a big crew thing, and like you know, there's probably like you know, ten people in front, fifteen, you know, everyone, and we're wild, like ah, you know, like somebody snapping pictures, and we're all just like grabbing each other, and we fell. And somebody, like, a couple people, like, fell on top of me, and my ankle stayed planted, and everything. So, I broke my, whatever the exterior bone is. I can't remember if it's fibula. fibula. Tibula, yeah, one yeah of one of, I, I think the tibia is inside, so fibula. Um, I may be wrong with that, but it snapped in two places, so there's a floating bone. And the ball and socket of my ankle was also out of place. So, I still have a plate two surgeries, a screw across my ball and socket that was there forever for like, I think nine months or so. Did you black out? Because of the no, pain? No, no. What were you sipping on? Do you remember the alcohol um, choice? I was just drinking, I think I was just drinking 40s. I was just like drinking beer. But I wasn't even like wild drunk. I was That sucks. It snapped and That's I felt it. That's such a shitty way. <sighs> yo, I snapped and I felt it and I was like, yo, I broke my leg, dude. And everyone was like, yeah, it's a fuck out. If you actually broke your leg and I like pushed myself up like this, and, like, I think I had shorts on, but you could see, like, my bone, like, pressing against my skin like that. That's like some UFC shit. You ever Ye- seen that Anderson Silva Yo. kick? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, like, and people were like, oh. So they're like, you just got to, I got to go to the hospital. And, yeah, two surgeries, about a year. re and some change recovery. It was brutal. It was brutal, dude. How did that change the trajectory of your life? Oh, my God. Yo, you're you're hitting some solid points, dude. Um, you're good at this. Uh, Thanks, it uh, it sat me down. It sat me down, like literally, and in the grand scheme of things, I was living a pretty fast life. And you thought you weren't coming back to Portland, pretty much, right? Mm-hmm. You were thinking like law or like brain neuro stuff. For yeah, I was gonna stay in Boston no matter what. Like I was gonna stay in Boston, and then I had looked at moving to the West Coast too. Um, but yeah, so with the broken leg, it had me out for a while and it got to the point where i had to start paying back my student loans and i was like dude this is how much i have to pay like because i think it was like six or nine months or something when you had to start paying back and when i saw what i felt like it was i don't know i was like i just gotta i had burned through all my savings it's not like i was you know i was like 22 i wasn't like making that good of money so i was just like i gotta go back home and recover so it was just 
It, it was brutal, but it was one of the best things that happened to me in hindsight because I was just living a very fast, wild, uh, like I didn't, I didn't really care. It was a lot of like wild activity yeah. in that recklessness, maybe. Like, yeah, it's funny. My my wife only knows me for the last like you know eight nine years. So when I see friends from the younger days and they tell stories, she like almost doesn't believe it because I'm no, I'm like I know I feel you. I'm man. a softie, you know. I like feel <laughs> even more so because I did a lot of my dark wild shit in Massachusetts. Yeah. Then when I came back to Maine, I had a couple of years of like stagnant, you know, kinetic energy from that time period following me, and I really had to go through some like, be like, where do you think this is gonna end? For yeah. You if you don't change your lifestyle habits type shit. That's what so, that was, yeah. was me kind of just having to be stuck with it. Like, no other option. I can't get up and go out. I can't distract myself with dumb shit. Like, you have to sit here, recover, and in that, your head is like, wait, what am I actually doing right now? So, it changed everything, dude. It changed changed a lot. <laughs> that's for sure. Didn't you pick up, um, like, a sketchbook at this time, too, when yeah. you were laying down? Oh, yo, I was crushing sketchbooks. I was, I, like... Yeah, a lot of ideas were formed during that time. Like, Were you recovering in Portland, too? Or was, uh, or was both, it? both. It was like, yeah. so I did Boston as long as I could. And as soon as I got to, like, an air cast after my first surgery, I was like, okay, I got to get back to work. So I was working some, like, temp job all the way in Medford. So I had to, like, take this long, and it was just, like, it sucked. I was still recovering. It wasn't ideal. Yeah. So it was just, like, pretty much got to the point where they're just like, you need to come home and recover, man. I'm like, yeah money left so so yeah then i came back had my second surgery here yeah got you got you mm -hmm. well i want to maybe what what year um did you get your second surgery i want to say yo that that whole time period is so blurry to me i want to say it was like 2008 or 9 cool or so nine, uh, yeah. about maybe a little over 10 years ago for sure yeah oh yeah yeah because yeah. yeah. i want to so, like bridge a gap somewhat because in my research, I felt like I got to this understanding that you came back into Portland, um, having to recover. You thought your life was going to go one way, and then this accident set you in a different way. Mm -hmm. And then obviously, like, I feel like I started really seeing your name pop up heavily, maybe in like 2017, 18, 19 out here. Mm -hmm. And then personally, what made me be like, fuck this motherfucker, like doing something <laughs> different was the Doom mural that you collabed on. And we'll, we'll talk oh, about that yeah, later, yeah, but yeah, yeah. just... um. I kind of want to get to that. How how the fuck did you get started out here in a sense? Yeah. Like, what were those early times? Let me check my. I don't want to uh, off top freestyle too much here. Sure, sure. Um, this is pretty much. This, this is what my question is. I guess I'll just say this. Um, you do a lot today. Large scale mur large scale murals, signage, select freelance jobs mm -hmm. for certain businesses, both locally and nationally. Mm -hmm. But I want to start more at the beginning of like where all these seeds kind of get planted. How did you get back into the art scene or you know become more of you know, independent artist when you were back here and recovered. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a, it's a lot, it was a slow process, I think. I mean, that's all relative, I guess, but I, um, I was, when I got home and I was <laughs> recovered enough, I was still painting, painting graffiti all the time. So I was still, you know, staying active and, and getting better at using spray paint, um, as often as I could. So, there was kind of a real turning moment or a turning point when I Bingas used to be on Congress Street. Um, Not even Free Street on Congress Street. Yeah, on Congress. Where on Congress? Yeah, Street? it was right where 
it's like right near Congress and Deering. So like right on that corner, like you know where Deering goes like and slopes down like super. Where Hero Cafe is. Yes. Yeah. It was like right around the corner from that. Like so, I think there's like a co-working space or something where yeah. it is now. Going up, going down the hill or up towards Congress. Um, up towards Congress. Yeah, so it's yeah, on yeah. Congress, yeah. like right across from like where the fire station. Yeah. Is yeah. There. Brand the Bram Hall area. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, uh, Bing is burnt down, and they had boards across Bing the whole. Bing is burnt thing. down. Yeah, yo, it like burned like the, straight what, up. Was it a grease? fire i don't know i don't it know it was that hot sauce that they had well that's what they named it after because it's like the 2008 like fire sauce or something <gasps> yeah like the 08 fire You're sauce. connecting plugs in my yeah mind. yeah <laughs> so that's what they named it after was the so it was 2008 yeah so this is when this i think all happening. they put gasoline in that sauce by the yo, way yo it is that shit didn't even taste like hot like it tastes like it hurt me like i literally rotted the lining of my stomach yeah. lining out <laughs> it's not a good choice it's like i mean if you're into that uh, yeah no nah. i watch people get hurt yeah, <laughs> to like, try that it's out. not even legit i think we put nitroglycerin in there. Yeah. we're getting off topic though because we're talking about yeah. bing's like, <laughs> hot sauce yeah and i forget how that even relates oh because i painted it so like the the place was burnt down it had all these boards and i'm like yo there's a spot right on congress where they're like boarded up across the thing like street side like allegedly i want that spot well no i i like i knew a girl who worked there oh and i was like yo ask the owners if it's cool because it just looks like shit and she just like texted me back yeah they said it's fine Oh, so it's not even a legend. We're good on this one. I mean, I, I think so. <laughs> like, I I think it ended up being fine because I was just, I was just like, all right, let's do it. And actually, me and Rich, me and Rich on a Sunday morning, Rich was kind of like, dude, you sure it's all right? I'm like, yeah, let's just go, dude. Like, let's just do it. Like, I'm gonna do the Bingus character. And like, let's just do pieces out here. <laughs> and dude was like, okay. So we roll out the background, and there's a cruiser across the street in the like. Uh, what should we call it? Yeah, the fire yeah, yeah, where they yeah, always yeah. are. Oh, yeah, yeah, and like, so rolling it out, it's just sitting there. It's like you bring out the crate of spray paint, shake one, whoop, <laughs> they just pull up. And I'm like, yeah, we got permission from the owners. Like, I wouldn't be out here on a Sunday morning. Like, come on. And he's like, where's your proof? And I was like, all right. So I think I like tried texting the girl. Oh, you she gotta find the middleman and all that. Oh, man. And so I was like, we wouldn't be out here. You know what I mean? And like, like I'm like, for real, we, we can just wait if you need to wait. But he was just like, all right, whatever. Like, clearly, like, I bet if we, like, grabbed our shit and ran, it would have been, like, a whole thing. But he was just yeah. like, all right, whatever. So I painted that, and it got a good amount of attention. It was, like, on the cover of the Portland Phoenix at the time. Oh, shit. Yeah. And Did you expect that? No, not at all. Not at all. I thought I was just putting I mean, my, you putting might my name like, of. The, the pig's kind of roughing your feathers a little bit for doing that, but you mean you might not expect, like, community acclaim from Absolutely it. not. No, no way. Dude, like, I painted so many things at that point that, like, you know, the vast majority of people, like, in the you know, neighborhood hate it. But, like, so it was, <laughs> was, was kind of like, whoa, that's weird. And then it was like, hey, the owners of Bingas want to talk to you because they're opening up their place on Free Street and they want you to do murals for them and i was like what you know like what the, like this is a thing so i was like okay like whatever they're gonna pay me to do that and they had me in on the meetings with like the designers the architects and the you know all the people the gc's building this place out and it was a peek into this world of like whoa wait a second like this people will pay me to paint and i'm working in conjunction with designers and people that i it's making me think about my work in a different way and it's 
making me kind of think of different ideas that I wouldn't normally do with spray paint. And so I did a bunch of work for them at the, the, the free shoot spot. And that was the moment that was like kind of the turning moment because people saw those and they were like, Hey, would you like to do this place? And it just kind of like snowball. Cause it was like pre Instagram, pre all that stuff. So yeah, people had to like see it and be like, who did that? It's all word of mouth. I feel like, yeah, it really was. So that kind of like connected a lot of dots on like the restaurant bar scene and that like, I can't thank the that industry enough for like keeping me going like mm. over the years mm. because once you kind of like became a name within that group, people would open up a new place and be like, "Hey, we need someone to do yeah. signs." Hey, we want a cool mural here. Yeah. Like, who did yours? And then, so yeah, that was kind of how it all started, and it just kind of like gained some traction. That's amazing. And, yeah. Was there yeah. any murals you were doing for the res- uh, restaurant or like you know just dining scene? I guess. That really, you felt like you started to find, like your style maybe, or like a comfort. Cause I I want to talk about like the gem style. Yeah. You know, but I kind of yeah. want to maybe get into some predations of that, like you know, yeah. and, and that preceded that. Like, do you have like any just murals or jobs? You're like, oh, I, I think I'm starting to like unlock parts of my brain here. Like. Yeah. Well, I think so. The first couple were very much like illustrative kind of graffiti or lettering style stuff. So it was like very much kind of within the realm that I was already comfortable in. Um, but there was one job that I did for this restaurant, um, where they had these, um, these big partitions, like these, just these big boards that were just like haggard, they were ugly. And they wanted me to paint the name of the business on there. And I was like, cool. But then here comes like the town ordinances and they're like, that's a billboard. We don't allow those here. So I was like. I still want to put the name in there because I still like letters and also like uh, at the time, I mean, still, dude, I mean, tell me not to do something. I'm going to be like, you sure about that? So, so like, so I was like, I'm still going to do it, but I'm going to make them have to prove that it's in there. You know, like I'm going to mask it in there enough so that like you can't even see it, but it'll be in there. And that's where like the gem style started was uh, that because I just like geometric breakdown as a complete disrespect to authority. Yeah, it was like, I've I've said it like before, like my series was a, my life was a series of people being like, yo, don't do that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then like, (laughs) either like falling on my face and learning a great lesson or it opening up some door to like, you know what I mean? It was, fuck it. And that was legit. Like, yeah, I have had problems with authority in my younger years, but, (laughs) but yeah, so that was, that was really where it came from. And with that piece, I was like, oh, I'm, this is different, you know, like this is. And I mean, I I would be remiss to not like mention that I had a friend, like still have a friend, Matt Moore, who's a huge influence on me, and he's also in Portland and a phenomenal, like one of the, in my opinion, world's best designers, painters. Like he's just really, really good. And he did a very geometric. He was he's a very like geometric guy. Mm. So that was kind of the first place where I saw like, oh wow, like you can take shapes and kind of keep them familiar but place them so that it's a recognizable thing you know he was like the first guy to like show me that so yeah yeah so it was it was very much you know influenced by matt and kind of the graffiti like uh lettering style that i had developed and then kind of putting putting that together hell yeah i think i want to dive more into that style mm. but before i do that in celebrate yeah. in celebration of talking about restaurant murals and designs i like to keep things light sometimes and be humorous Apologies if you have any tired of this location, but Tokyo Sushi Ramen Bar and Grill over here 
uh, where Burger Bar used to be. Have you, you ever seen what's inside there? They kept the burger up, bro. <laughs> what are y'all doing? I'm not trying to be a dick, but I'm going to say this. Y'all ain't a burger place. There's no burgers up in there. Why does it say Burger Bar in Tokyo Sushi Ramen Bar and Grill? Also, Yo. every time I say y'all name, I'm going to add a different like thing, like Tokyo Sushi, Poke Bar, Ramen and Grill, an Emporium. There's too many names, and Yo. there's not enough murals that represent <laughs> the cuisine and i ain't hating i ain't trying to be a dick i'm saying this out of love because i think we should as a people be like pretty much just me being like yo you got spinach up in your teeth bro like, that <laughs> yeah. shit like that's the same thing so just know that y'all ain't y'all ain't selling burgers man i drive by that shit and i get so upset for no reason it's <laughs> the illest i walked by it the other day with my wife and we both just like died laughing like it's still in there <laughs> Like, why would you keep that? But, Man, you know. We're, we're talking about it. I just <laughs> yeah, gave it. I know, right? Press, yeah. Bro. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah. Actually, no, I don't know, y'all. I wish y'all yeah. the best. They might have did it on purpose. They'd be like, yo, we're going to leave it in there so people talk about this and they know. You yeah. know what I mean? Who knows? But yeah. something tells me it wasn't that thought out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got a lot more I can say about yeah. it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to keep my peace. Yeah. Trying to be very aware of mindfulness so what I can and can't control. Mm. I can't control y'all whack-ass motherfucking hero. <laughs> oh, man. I say that with love. You describe it as a gem style, your artistry. Mm -hmm. Shout out geometry. Shout out trapezoids and shit. A good rhombus. Yeah. Good rhombus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there is a lot of geometry at play in your style. For sure. I think you manipulate letter forms, highlight shadows to create different levels of depth. I was going to ask you, how did this style come to fruition? Because um, you were self-taught kind of in this, yeah. mostly. But it sounds like really just a lot of, not even tri trial and error, but just a lot of practice, and just a lot of application. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with after I did it once on that spot, I was like, whoa, this is a thing, you know? So I ended up tinkering with it, just drawing it out, trying to figure out different ways. And I'm still, I'm, I feel like I'm still tinkering with it. It's still, it's always kind of in development. Um, but the geometric designs or the line work that creates those patterns and designs are based off of the flourishes and extensions you make off of writing graffiti letters. Mm -hmm. So like if it's an R, you and, you know, like a regular R looks like that, I might kick it out and swing it. And like that is what builds, is the backbone of these geometric designs. Cause like I will obviously like make things connect, make things work and everything, you know, it's all, it's all different, but that's, that's basically the, uh, the structure of them and how how they come to be and then yeah so that's still very prevalent in the work but yeah just trial and error trying yeah. out different things and that's so there's so much hip-hop in your in your style excuse me like Thank there's you. no hip-hop there's no fucking graffiti duh yeah or i mean maybe you could argue there is going to be street art to an extent but i don't think graffiti would flourish without the backing of the hip-hop scene in the bronx and in new york at the time that they kind of both exploded myself they ran in conjunction yeah. like i think the music, a lot the of, music of hip hop and the, and the yeah, graffiti of hip hop. And graffiti, I'm yeah, I think they like they were they were happening at the same time. But a lot of graffiti writers from that era and still to this day, there's like a very like uh, like the hardcore scene is, breeds a lot of amazing graffiti writers. Um, I mean, even like that kind of like psychedelic scene from like back in the mm. '70s when this was happening. Like a lot of amazing graffiti writers kind of mm. came from that scene too. The mm. punk scene, like so. The there's culture. it's all kind of like the counterculture. You know what I mean? It's exactly. like those things, but it did happen to run in conjunction with kind of like the 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 birth of the hip hop yeah. movement in the in New York during yeah. that time, especially yeah. like in in places like you know Portland, where it's not going to be like a epicenter of hip hop. The mm. fact that like 
graffiti can have such a stronghold here still is just so powerful to me like of the oh, influence sure. of hip-hop i was gonna ask too about any artists that maybe influence you like um i mispronounce her name but say adams yeah 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 say say is a def whew. jam legend i believe oh like a des- graphic design yeah legend. She, not just, and just not like just painter jam, yeah. yeah oh absolutely say adams um i mean made the logos for i believe run dmc I, I think uh, you're, that's that's, yeah. that's where my mind goes is yep. like that era of like peak '80s. Like I don't like this word that much, but you could say like branding. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. No. He yeah. Fucking because the the business side muddies that, but branding is important. I think you want to be able to represent what you visual are. identity. Like, you know what I mean? It's like to have that thing that you instantly recognize is is very hard to do. And like that guy, I mean, and was and started by you know painting graffiti in the subways as a kid, and like he's always 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 been a huge influence i got an email from him one day that was like nice last name sir like love the work you're doing and i was like you know like what you know, all right and i was like all right i'm out just you know like, who say Adam? yeah like randomly to my email inbox like what? not like a dm like to my print, email this is uh <laughs> rest in peace mac miller there's this picture oh, of yeah. mac miller's in front of uh, this tweet where jay-z's you know pretty much just praising a lot of today's <laughs> hip-hop artists mostly black artists and then in the next tweet is like mac miller nice too mac miller nice too and he's just like framed in front of it love that you, you could get that with the say adams man. yo for imagine real imagine your child itself's like what yo for real like i remember i got that email and i was like working that day i was working my old job and like i was like yo the day's done like yeah, y'all can't yeah, tell me yeah, anything yeah no we're done here yeah <laughs> yeah so no he's he is one of those people that i've always really really looked up to on a lot of fronts. I didn't even realize it. Adam squared the exhibition. Oh my yo. Music, we gotta put that out into the into music the curated by Ryan B, food by Yardy Ting. Oh my gosh. Live at Benny's crew. Yeah, there we go. There we go. There we go. <laughs> um awesome. Well thanks for kind of getting me somewhat like into the more modern realm, I guess. Because yeah. I think it's almost like this sounds silly but like pre social media and post social media in terms of a lot of the art world oh, because absolutely. you can put out so much of your shit. And that's where I really found a lot of your things and or like a lot of your pieces and murals. And I wanna just briefly um give you a chance to talk about some really like powerful and big ones that I think that you did in the culture that had created some waves and just oh, if you have any you. like statements you want to say about them, Sure, just, yeah. Um, the first one was the We Gonna Be Alright one. Yeah. I feel like that came out at a very big time. It's a very culturally revelant phrase. Mm-hmm. Kendrick Lamar, obviously. Absolutely. What was it like doing that one? Um, So that all became, and actually you, you kind of, when you said there's so much hip hop in your work, like you'll, if you go through and look at even just the paintings I do, there's a lot of references from rap songs. Like, a lot. A lot of references from rap songs. But, going back to this one, this was kind of the most notable, I think. And the most obvious. <laughs> like, um, and it was... Uh, I created that right after the world shut down in March of 2020. So, I had... I was working a, a corporate gig for about a decade. Um and had just had my second kid in september but i had i had built up the mural and sign painting jobs enough and i had like a steady design job for a brewery and i had built up enough work that i was like okay i'm gonna take the leap so i took the leap second half of february <laughs> and then wait is that when you quit hannaford yeah how yeah. Wait, how good did it feel to quit hannaford right there? um it felt amazing so the the thing was, so I managed the Hannaford account for a broker. So I was in Hannaford for like five years, and then I worked remote 
for five years for a broker based out of pre twenty twenty pre twenty twenty yeah so I was you know I was ahead of ahead of the game there uh, so I was doing it before it was trending <laughs> um, so so yeah I know that like same pair of sweatpants life way before but yeah so I was managing the Hannaford account for this company um, and it was it was a decent gig you know I mean it was fast paced it was definitely stressful. Um, and it wasn't what I was passionate about. So I was like, you know, this has a time limit for sure. But I jumped second half of February. And two weeks ago, and I got a, you know, I got damn near newborn at that point, And everything shuts down. And, of course, as the world's shutting down, I had jobs booked out through, like, August, essentially. And it was, like, email after email of, like, sorry, dude, we don't know what's happening with the world. We're putting everything on hold. Like, sorry, dude, we got to cut. And it was just like, what did I just do? Luckily, you know, obviously... I'm a planner, so I had a little bit of savings to, like, chill, but I was like, what the fuck is going to happen right now? It's shitty time. Yeah, it was, it was pretty scary. So, yeah, we going to be all right was, like, I mean, I just kept kind of repeating it in my head because I was just like, we're going to figure this shit out. Yeah, that's more for you at that point, honestly, than, like, I feel like it's, like, for the city, like, hey, like, look at, we can all look at this and feel something, but hearing your story, it's like, nah, like, I got to oh, remember this for me. That was for me, like, and... I think we talked about this pre pre uh, getting going here, but like how I found that like uh, staying true to what you feel and what you believe, I think is when the best work comes out and when it's very personal and you're able to kind of put that out there because you realize how many people are going through similar things and how much of a shared experience this whole thing is. This is like a prime example of that because I was just like literally. I got a newborn. I got a thing, three-year-old at the time. I just quit my job. Like the world shutting down. All right, we're about to go through it. Like, but I'm like, yeah, we gonna be all right. We're gonna be all right. We're gonna be all right. You know, like just kind of like we're gonna figure it out. And so I drew that piece, and um, I created that piece and released a print of it. And I had never really done a print before. Um, so I think I only made like 25 of them or something like that. And I put it out to the world and it was like gone. It was like, they just went. And I was like, whoa, shit. Like, that was, like I wasn't really like, okay, that's cool. Like, whatever. And then it just like got like wild amounts of play online and that was kind of the only way people could see work. I mean, galleries are shut down. Museums are shut down. I mean, not even, you weren't even really going outside yeah, at pe that people point. People didn't want to like walk around in general. Yo, yeah. Like it was so literally only thing. So if something hit online, it was like everywhere. So that happened. And, um, yeah, shit changed after that for me in regards to kind of, uh, the the career and yeah. the opportunities that opened up so i kind of want to segue into i think another piece because it was like very similar to this time period mm -hmm. obviously um police murdered george floyd a couple months after that mm -hmm. and um you probably had so many fucking questions about this shit so i kind of wanted to no, more ma make a just like space for you to, to say anything that comes to mind when you think of that mural because I, I really appreciated the phrase you said you said now the spotlight is on black creatives and other business owners that have been overlooked. It's wonderful getting this attention, but I've literally been painting around the entire city for about a decade. Mm -hmm. Can you speak more on that, Corbin? Yeah, that's the You Can't Unsee piece. Is that the one you're, you're talking about on the Space Gallery, right? Like, the, I, Yeah, I think yeah. a different quote, but um, yeah, the piece I'm talking about. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's, yeah, I, I mean, I felt it. 
I felt it. Um, it was, uh, I was just talking about this with someone not too long ago, about that time period where it was like, we all witnessed one of the most brutal murders we've, I think anybody's ever seen in their fucking lives, dude. Like, it was, it was just one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever seen. And at the same time, we're all trapped inside. So this is our only, like, so people are forced to see something that they would normally just scroll past. Mm. Um, mm. Or normally just, like, put their phone down yeah. and do something else. Walk away from it. So uh, the country was forced to kind of um, uh, digest some of the some of the things that make us who we are. Yeah, that's, um, that's built upon. Yeah, ex exactly. Um, and with that, there was a lot of um, uh, what felt like an oh shit moment from a lot of these like big institutions and companies that were like, oh shit, where we've been doing this the whole time. We've completely been like actively overlooking creatives of color um and so there was this this real big like rush of like wait we gotta we gotta fix it and i i don't want to say i'm a pessimistic person but i'm not the most <laughs> like trusting in the powers that be i feel you bro you know I mean, you're under a wire poster right now. yeah so yeah so under, yeah. it's like you recognize patterns and you see how things work so it's like oh yeah this is People are gonna do this for their marketing checklist, and yeah, then they're gonna performance keep... activism up the ass. That's kind of what that's kind of what I was feeling. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I was just wanted to have a space to talk about this kind of shit because I think in a not to interrupt your point. No, 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 yeah, go ahead, yeah. But just in a very white city, in a, like you said, a bubble. In Portland, we don't have to convince each other, the average person, that like you're open minded. Yeah. Or that like, mm -hmm. duh, like black people have rights. Like mm -hmm. duh, like mm -hmm. we all fucking get that. But people in Portland, I think, at this time, like just double down on the white guilt and it seemed like it was just like so much was focused on white people almost like processing their own evils and maybe not if i can say like giving black people and black artists like a genuine space to be fully expressive of themselves like i feel like white people sometimes define black artists and black art by trauma and i don't really necessarily think that's right personally because I can't speak on what it's like to be a black artist, but I don't want to ever define one person's life by just the trauma they go through. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, you touched on a, on a few things that were pretty astute observations there. I think um, definitely the, the trauma side of it. I mean, you see that in the music that we love the most. I mean, it's like, it's the, <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, I mean, that's what's gonna, you know, that's what they push. That's what they want to see. And there's these certain narratives that are expected of black creators in certain spaces that fit and unfortunately a lot of times it's like traumatic traumatic shit um but then also with with my experience on that end like we did see a lot of people um kind of facing uh, feelings of guilt and um wanting to bring you on and um a very good point you made was there's there's a difference between giving you an opportunity and giving you space to be in the room and an opportunity is something where they can you know kind of give an opportunity can lead to space in the room absolutely but there's also a lot of situations where it stops right there where they'll give you an opportunity to do something in this realm and then they say cool thanks and then continue on doing and i can't even begin to tell you how many emails and things we got from places there are places that uh even locally like rachel always she's always, my wife is always like yo you can't be like salty about shit like you gotta chill but 
I I can be petty. <laughs> like I just sometimes I like hold on to shit and like I know like there was there were some times where like certain people places things like I I know I was busting my ass and I was literally surrounding these places with exterior pieces or interior pieces and you never get considered and you're not thought of and you're not taken seriously and you're seen as like oh you're a little spray painter um and you just uh, when that switch happened and all of a sudden it was like oh my god we love your work it was there was a lot of uh uh-huh you know like a lot of like uh-huh and like and and there was a lot we had to weed through a lot and it was a total mind fuck um we're we're still processing during a traumatic it. time not only like for like life in general but like i mean like including like the george floyd situation just the decades of <laughs> i mean excuse me i should say centuries, centuries of yeah. white supremacy i mean yep i mean just one of like this shouldn't surprise you bro if you saw what happened to rodney king in the 90s man like oh, it's, yeah. it's just like these patterns happen forever so you have to fucking go through all this fucking shit and then we're in a pandemic too yeah like that's heavy heavy Yo, heavy, was, heavy heavy shit yeah it was tough times dude it was tough times it was gnarly um and we're still processing it we were just talking about this in a car ride the other day about how um the there's pieces of it that felt real that uh over time have proved not to be mm-hmm. um and it's it's a uh, it, it was it was a lot still is oh shit it still is but i mean like yeah during that time period it was like phew. so yeah that the, the piece i did that was you can't unsee was kind of like you've recognized us you've shown that you know we're here yes you can't what do you do now where do we go from here and even with the the literal like we've seen one of the most vicious murders we've ever seen at the hands of police on tv what do you do now? You can't pretend that didn't happen. Like, so we have to figure out what, where we go from here. So that was, that was kind of what that was talking about. And that was a gnarly time. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate you saying all that too, Max, because I really sure. think that systemically from a business standpoint, from a corporate standpoint, so many institutions in America and even in Portland view, I think, activism or trying to dismantle white supremacy as like this fucking thing on a checklist of chores that you can just do and it's like bro this shit is just from my perspective so ingrained and integral into so much of american culture that if you don't like actively try and just you know be aware of where your language comes from where your behavioral Mm -hmm. norms come from Mm -hmm. where your um even like information comes from i guess like who, who are you listening to like you just take everything like your your dad's fucking friends told you growing up as like fact. Like mm. that ain't how, how life mm-hmm. is, man. And I just realized that people don't really know what the fuck's going on half the time in terms of how bad it is out here. And I think one thing that's always made it so hard for me, um, to take people who would be like, We're gonna change things seriously yeah. is like you have to change your whole fucking life, bro. You can't just change one thing. Like, yeah, it has to be, I think, a lifestyle change. So I, I really do appreciate you being honest and just, yeah, you know, feeling yeah. like you can have a space where you can say this shit because my opinion, there ain't enough publications 
especially like I'll, I'll like I'm not gonna name anything right now, but best be like I won't be afraid to name shit. Like publications want to be like we care about black artists. Yeah. We have a space for you. Here's a column about why diversity is important because it's Black History Month. <laughs> that should be every <laughs> yeah. fucking week, bro. Like w- w- how don't how do motherfuckers don't understand it, bro? It's uh. It, I mean, I'm, I'm not it, gonna get angry. But. No, no. I mean, I, it's a passionate subject, and it's so well, dude. This system is so well designed. Like it is, it's obviously disgusting and deplorable and i fucking hate it but you gotta give credit where credit's due this design is fucking flawless and like yo it is flawless i was yo i was literally in a therapy session like not too long ago and we were talking about like my frustrations with a certain thing and my therapist was able to be like listen if you zoom out this is kind of like this the racist systems that are in place and it's designed to have you looking at the person next to you as if they're causing the problem where this is actually. And I was just like, it's so it's so good. I've been aware of it my whole damn life, and I still get fooled every day. Every, <laughs> you know, it's like every day I get fooled. It's like, oh damn. So yeah, it's 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 a complex one to navigate, but important to to figure out. Yeah, for and sure. important to talk about. Yeah. Important. To sometimes just shut the fuck up and listen to people mm. who have gone through something, and mm-hmm. don't be like, oh yeah, I I can validate. Your experience through my experience. No, 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 no. Just let someone talk about something sometimes, yeah, man. Yeah, like, yeah. That's all I want to say. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Especially if you ain't lived through that shit. But um, again, 100%. much love and appreciation for your words. Thank you. Um, I just got a shout out. One mural that touched my heart, touched my soul. It's still there, personally, in my mind, whenever I think about it. That's the MF Doom mural. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Shout out Richie from the Hill. Yes. The Baxter. And yes. I'm probably going to mispronounce like. Haan McDonuts or uh, Noah, yeah. So Noah, oh, Noah. Bax and Rich, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, Noah, that's Bax their like, yeah, yeah. Those yeah, are yeah. Instagram names, probably. Instagram too, names, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, how much time we have left, too? By the way, I don't want to fuck anything up before we gotta get it. On this one, Sixteen minutes. What about battery life? How are we doing on battery life? You're a soldier. Look at you. Thank this you, man. Good. All right, I feel good. Awesome. How did that motherfucking doom? You said sixteen on that one. Sorry. Sweet. Oh, 21? Oh, we got we could start a whole new podcast, bro. <laughs> um, thank you for that MF Doom. Oh, man. Like, yo, I know you're not the only one, but yeah. like, thank you for real. Can you just have any final th- thoughts on that yeah, one? Yeah, so we all found out at the same time. Wasn't it New Year's Eve? Like, I think when the... Was New it New Year's, Year's Eve? Year's Eve? Yeah. I can't even think of Yo, that. we were like... I was like at home with the fam, and it just like ruined i mean like everybody i know was like sad you know like i don't want to say ruined but it was like it was so sad because like that guy to me i mean i have the mask tattooed on me dude like yeah you know like i I, he just meant so much more than just being an mc there was some something so real about being or something so great and uh informative about seeing somebody just being their weird true selves Mm -hmm. but also caring giving a shit and mastering what you're doing like when you saw those when i that was i feel like i mean i'm sure i'd seen it before but that was one of the first times to me that i really latched on it because i'm like yo this dude is a nerd he's also like up on hood shit he's like uh like a, a historian like he's a he's a comic book guy and he's putting it all together there's nothing that and I mean flawlessly at that. Yo, like, I'm sorry, but if at this point you you don't have that guy in your top ten, like I don't know if I trust you. But like, but like, yo, it was, it was just one of the most 
like, and from day one, I remember, yo, this is a wild throwback. Um, yo, uh, KMD days? No, no, it was after that. It's, um, yo, my dude, Pat, Patrick, uh, he rhymes around here. I forget, I forget what he goes by, dude, but. Not peace out, Pat. No, no, um. It was back in the Iron Mike days here. They had this thing called the Iron Mike. Yeah, where the, that battle competition? Yeah, 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 they had this Iron Mike thing. I don't know how we got in there, but we were, like, way too young to be in there. And <laughs> this dude had a the Operation Doomsday, like, the flat mask T-shirt. And one of my homies that was with me was like, yo, that's the illest shirt. And he was like, I was like, yo, who's that? He's like, yo, MF Doom, you haven't heard that yet? And I was like, no. And this was probably... 99 this is right oh, when that's right when the album operation came out. doomsday yeah. came out so i was like no nah, i haven't heard it yet and he's like yo you got to check this we went back to his like this was like a couple days oh, later whatever God. and he played it and i was like this is weird yo like because i mean this is like 99 this was like during like you know early def jux like nap like mr lift acrobatic like yeah. real like thumpy like hip-hop you know what i mean <laughs> raucous records yes yes yeah. so this is like in those days so then you hear a bunch of Sade samples, yeah. and you're like, you know, yeah, you, and you're like, you're like, this is weird. But then it is funny he samples Sade. I forget that. Oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah. No, like in Hollow Notes, he's like sampling Sade and like and like. So you hear it and you're like, yo, this is weird. But then you start listening to him and you're like, yo, this dude is ill. <laughs> like, and then they're like, yo, he made all the beats, and you're like. Yo, what? <laughs> like, so from then on, it was just like this connection and all the comic book references because I loved comics as a kid. So it was yeah, just he, like, he, I mean, Doom is from Fantastic Like straight Four. up. Yeah, like <laughs> it's as direct as it. And a lot of those samples, like, uh, I was in my twisted face and I forged the mask. Like those are all old Spider-Man cartoons. So like you hear them and you're like, oh, that's Dr. Doom's voice from the cartoon. So it was just like all the things. So, yes, that was a very long-winded way of saying that this dude had a massive impact on my life. Thank you, MF Doom. Yeah. I'm in the kitchen right now. He's like, oh, oh, yeah, I yo, like, one of the... I can't even... Hands down, one of the greatest. So, Doom. when he passed, it was like, yeah. we gotta do something. We, we gotta do did something. It. That was yeah. the most beautiful, I think, memorial I'd seen for him locally, at least. Thank you. Thank you. I was smoking a joint, and I think I was playing... Um, oh, man, I, could, I can't even tell you what I was playing. I felt like I was in a place void of space and time i was just in that mm, alleyway mm -hmm. just wearing like a winter jacket smoking and just looking at it all and listening to the music mm. and feeling like waves of you know pain from like the last couple of years and just life in general mm -hmm. being like man mm -hmm. thanks doom like yeah a lot of what i do is honestly in love for mf doom oh likewise dude likewise that was, that was a good one that was a good one for real yeah let's talk on the most recent artistic endeavor hey second season yeah you've had pieces at other places in new england such as the center for main contemporary art in rockland i believe and then mm -hmm. rochester museum of fine art i think in new hampshire yep, yeah. absolutely yeah. um and then obviously you've had some like pieces in town like portland museum of art yep obviously yep. I don't know, yep. but this is your own solo exhibition right yeah how does it feel to have your own like completely solo exhibition on it feels good now <laughs> in preparing for it i was <laughs> bugged out i was i was a. Uh... It's a crazy experience you go through preparing for a show, um, especially a solo show when you have to fill an entire gallery mm. with your with new work. Mm. Um, it's a ride. It's a ride. Um, you're locked in. You're losing it. 
you're wondering if everything's good. Tunnel vision. Oh, it's it's a weird space, dude. It's a weird space. But I feel I feel wonderful now having it up. I'm so so excited um, with the outcome of the show so far. Um, the re- I received an amazing review last weekend, um, and just my friends and loved ones that were able to come by and check it out were all like. I just, I can't, I'm kind of, still, still kind of on cloud nine from the hell yeah. opened up. Yeah. It was a, and it was, it was, it was scary. You know, it's always it, scary. Oh, I, I have a lot of fear when I make art, a lot of fear. And then putting it out there and then like yeah. for things to be so personal, like, so that's, you know, like I said, I lean into that and a lot of the statements within the pieces are very personal. They're things that I've experienced and things that I'm feeling. So having that literally directly painted and put up for people to see um is is somewhat terrifying and the the whole kind of tie of second season and the kind of backbone behind the theme of the work is kind of this idea of having kind of like your next chapter and as part of that i have a collection of photos from my graffiti writing years that were like just photos of like my life during that time so like just you know, playing with fireworks, injuries, like wild things, like painting, like just being all over the place. So it's kind of like this, uh, a look at what chapter one looked like. And then you have like a gallery full of kind of what hopefully chapter two is. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And, um, the reception seemed great so far and I'm glad yeah. that, um, peeps got to come out and I still got to stop by and pop in. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. um, my work hours can figure everything out with the hours it's open but uh yeah if you want to get by too like on some off hours thing like just let me know because the gallery owner is super cool and i can just be like oh somebody wants to go oh, by. Sure. So, yeah yeah Hell yeah thank you yeah. Man. awesome well i would love to keep talking and keep going but obviously life is not as free-flowing as we wish it could be so <laughs> we probably get to somewhat wind down here cool um you down for some rapid fire quick questions yeah 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 hell yeah let's do it favorite breakfast favorite breakfast uh Oh man, what's my time on this? <laughs> Yo, you know what? Honestly, slept on breakfast burritos. I love breakfast yeah, burritos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are heat. And you can like, freeze them and, and put them in the air fryer real quick too if you want to just. Like, I don't even know that. that yeah, cheat like code. It, actually, the homie right here, he used to make frozen burritos all the time. Pop them in the freezer, wrap them up in Yo. a little foil, take them out, put them in the air fryer while your coffee's making. Boom! Then you got a wow. fresh. Wow, that's time that's, that's cheat code. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd have to say breakfast burritos are probably my favorite. Yeah, I love breakfast burritos. Yeah. If you could make a duo of one 90s rapper and one current rapper, what duo would you make? What 90s rapper and one 90s rapper and one current rapper? Ooh, I would say I would want to hear, like, 90s at their peak, right? Yeah, like yeah, 90s yeah, yeah. at their peak. I would probably say Nas and Killer Mike. That's a pretty cool one. I don't even know if they've ever worked together, actually, too. I don't think so. There was that, like, thing on Netflix where it showed them hanging out, but yeah, I think those Rapture two... Or, yeah. I think, like, those two would be, like, like be gone level On an LP work. beat. Put a yes. Fantastic damage. It would have to be. LP, or maybe, yeah. like, Fun Crusher Plus. Yep. I do that kind of shit. Yep. Second favorite color. Second favorite color. First color is black. Um, second favorite color is probably... What do I use all the damn time? Um... Yo, this is this is probably not as exciting as you'd hope. But brown, I love brown. I like all colors, man. It's got like it's got, it's, it's got some versatility. Brown is a yeah. very beautiful, rich color, or yeah. like a warm, like almost like orangey color. Brown is a very, very wide range of colors. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Would you rather give up coffee for a year or bathing for a year? Whew! 
that is a tough one because I am a very caffeinated dude. Um, I probably have to say caffeine, uh, coffee though, because yeah, not watching for a year. Yo, we, we all kind of saw what that looked like <laughs> in the beginning of the pandemic. <laughs> so like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I could roll with that one. Yeah, a go-to Portland food spot. Go-to Portland food spot. Um, oh my gosh, dude. There's so I mean, there's infinite, yeah. many of those. This podcast is sponsored by Yardy Team. Oh, hell yeah. Well, then Yardy Ting. Yo, hey, all, all day, yo. Yeah. Shout them out. Shout them oh out. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong over no, there. No. Yeah. I'm going to refrain for time's sake, but I could go into a rant about how much I love Yardy Ting's food. Yeah. I actually have a couple patties in the freezer right now. Oh, my um, goodness. Yeah. Missy Elliott or Mace? Or Mace? Missy. Thing. For sure. Same, same, like, same. 100%. Same. Yeah, Missy in my top 10, I think. Yeah, I she's, think, I think. her contributions are overlooked, unfortunately. I, I think she's. I yeah. 100% agree. Yeah. ODB or Big L? That's a tough one. Um, oh my goodness. Oh, that's a difficult one. Uh, I would. Oh, that's, yo, that's. Uh, that is a tough one. Um, I would have to go with. Oh my goodness. Personally, just personally, I have to go with ODB yeah, because I think I probably I think Big L has more songs I like. But ODB, there's something about his energy I can't put into words how much I love. Again, just being your authentic self. Yes. Like, and just being like, this is me, I am raw, his love it, love it or hate it. His dirty bastard. Yo, like, you can't, like, I'm sorry, but, and it just seemed like the most, like, lovable dude. Like, everyone was like, yo, you, what you see is what you get. When he so, like, his ass off. Like, oh. he raps. So, like, a lot of the off-kilter, off-cadence, not rapping on beat, like, yeah. type rappers today, like, ODB rap circles around. Oh him. yeah, he yeah, was yeah. rapping in ways, motherfuckers. He was rapping like an, he was like an electron cloud, like he was all oh, over yeah. the place at once. Oh yeah, but big, oh, but, big but Big L is, uh, is again like I know punchline for punchline in the pocket, so confident, so much um, braggadocious energy, Harlem, but so yeah. fucking clean, bro. Yeah. Oh yeah, just yeah yeah. Bah, bah. yeah, yeah. I mean that that stretch and bob freestyle with him and Jay Z is like oh, one yeah, of the, the most... Ask, Ask Beavis one. Yeah yeah, 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 it's like one of the most like perfect. Yeah, he's thing. it's like yeah, that was incredible. It, yeah, incredible. We got yeah. not much time. Not much time. Okay, okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, advice for soon to be parents. <laughs> oh wow, um, uh, you don't know what exhaustion is yet. Um, <laughs> and, uh, it's coming from somebody who almost gave up bathing. Yep, yep. You don't know what exhaustion is yet, and. It is the absolute, without a doubt, best decision I've ever made and the best job I've ever worked. Nice. Like, so that's your advice? My advice is, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to all you parents. Yeah, like, being yeah. a parent is the best thing <laughs> <I've> ever <laughs> well, Yeah, yeah, no, I guess my I guess advice, so that isn't advice. I'm, no, I, I would say, I like... <laughs> enjoy it, maybe, like, don't... Yeah, don't like, know. it is, you're, you're making... It's going to be very exhausting and difficult, but you are making one of the best choices you I think you will ever make in your life. I love it. Yeah. Um, one more final rapid fire question. Sure. Um, least favorite thing about how Portland's changed to you? Ooh, yeah, that's a hot take. Um, <laughs> I can't like ugh, the the. <laughs> The carbon copy human that has arrived from 
whatever city. Jersey, California, New it's York. Like, I don't know where it is, man. This place used to be weird. You know what I mean? It was like it was a it was a safe haven for us weirdos, you know? And it was it wasn't always great, but it was authentic and in, I think individualistic maybe. Yes. Is that a good word to describe yes, it? Yes, yes. And now it's um I gotta wait two hours to get a damn coffee because there's a line of people all dressed the same looking the same in front of me that's like going out the door yeah I know. at every place that part sucks <laughs> like i i hate that shit hey, but i feel you you know honestly that's also some very surface level shit dress and that's happening everywhere too yeah right? like just yuppies from everywhere are gonna move people got daddy's money mommy's money maybe they got their own money i don't fucking know but yeah i'm just i'm i am a hater of <laughs> privileged people who just oh yeah this. i'm like shut the shut, shut the fuck yeah. up i'm sorry it's I, I, I struggle with it because, you know, I've, I've obviously, like, gotten to know some folks that would fit that description that are, like, great fucking yeah. people. So it's a very surface. I think at the end of the day, it's me just being inconvenienced with wait times. <laughs> and yeah. the fact that the whole line looks like carbon copy people is the part I notice. But I'm like, yo, I used to be able to get, like, a sandwich here in, like, 15 minutes. Now I got to wait. Yeah. Dude, I think that's probably at the root of it. <laughs> it's, like, the congestion. Well, I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> I think I literally have like 30 seconds, so we got to be oh, cool. All right. quick like grease here. Mm-hmm. Final question, where will Ryan Adams be one year from now? One year from now? Um, hopefully chilling uh, with with my family, um, uh, lakeside or beachside somewhere, um, even this time of year. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Maybe on vacay. Maybe yeah. on staycation. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Regardless, um, Ryan Adams, thank you so much for coming through. Thank you. Um, second season out now yes notch eight gallery yardy ting sponsors this podcast thank you at home for listening rhymebeat.com benny p at rhymebeat.com shout out soto on the instrumental and as we usually say fuck the system fuck white supremacy be safe and have a good night peace shout out to ryan adams for coming through benny's crib and uh talking it up chilling on the futon fun episode Ryan Adams' first ever solo exhibition in Portland, Maine is up at Notch 8 Gallery until November 12th. This podcast is sponsored by Yardy Ting. Some of the best damn food you can get inside the city limits. Public market. Have a good one, yo. Thanks for listening. Peace. Rhyme beat. That's LeVar Burton, by the way. Thank you.